Hey guys, and welcome to the most recent episode of State of the Division, AL West Edition. Typically, you are hearing from T. Wright and me, Kendall McKee, as we go through the AL West together. Um, but T has had a little bit of some computer uh, issues this week, so you're just going to hear straight from me. That means we're going to talk about the Rangers as much as I want this week. Um, no, in all seriousness, the Rangers did have a good week, and we are going to dive into that. But I'm going to try to stay as unbiased as possible, which is why today I wore uh, my L.A. Dodgers Jackie Robinson um, uh, hat because I wanted to stay as unbiased as possible. I had a comment about it the other day, and so I said, you know what, I'm going to wear my blue Dodgers hat today uh, for the show. So the way we're going to a little break it down this week, since it is just me, probably will just be a little bit shorter because uh, we'll be monologuing with myself today. But last week we, uh, or, or, or sorry, as I said, we will want to break down uh, the episode for you instead of just jumping straight in. Let me break it down. We're going to go through the standings. We're going to go through a little bit of a breakdown on that. Um, a little bit of a power ranking stuff and how I could see the division changing up. I think there's a little bit of a surprise here. Um, maybe not to most of you if you've been listening this whole time, but there are some surprises there. We're also going to go into how the standings uh, negated some of the things that I'm going to talk about. For instance, some teams played seven games this week. Some teams played five. Um, so I think that does play into the weekly power rankings. We're going to walk through uh, what it looks like for the additions and, and roster moves for the week. And then we're going to look at um, some guys that just played extremely well. And what our favorite part of the week has been so far has been the MVPs and the LVPs. Typically T does that. And so typically he comes up with an MVP uh, pitcher and hitter, and then an LVP pitcher and hitter for uh, the week. So I wanted to be able to provide that for you. So I had T uh, send me his answers. So I do have what he has, what he would like to say here as MVP and LVPs of the week. And then I'm going to give you a hot card buy, which might seem obvious. And I actually have brought him up before, but we are going to say him again. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive on in. Um, I'll give you the updated standings over the last week. We saw some uh, some differences in what it looked like to be in the AL West. Uh, for instance, we saw the Astros go three and two, the Mariners go three and two, and then they had they had a series against each other, so that's kind of unique. And then we saw the Rangers go six and one, the Angels go two and four, or the A's go two and four, and then we saw the Angels go zero oh and six this week. So a really tough last couple last stretch for for the uh, the Angels, and I want to I want to talk about that in terms of our power rankings and how we are going to deal with all that. But in terms of updated standings, overall we have Houston still at number one and leading in the division, thirty one and eighteen on the year. Um, then we have just behind them coming in second, we have the LA Angels. They are twenty seven and twenty three, four and a half games back of Houston now. So Houston is. Se uh, separating themselves from the LA Angels 
And I think that is due mostly to their pitching. Um, Texas Rangers are right there. As of this recording, they just finished a game. And so um, on, on Tuesday night, so they are actually five, they're playing 500 ball. Now they are only six and a half games back two uh, two games off of that wild card game back, which I know it's a little early to look at, but we're still going to look at it. And then we've got Seattle 21 and 28 had a pretty you know, solid showing for the most part, especially against Houston. And then we're going to see Oakland down there at 20 and 31, where, where it's a nice 12 games back and actually seven and a half games back from that last wild card position. Um, some of the unique things about this week in this division is we saw that the Angels going 0 and 6 and still being at a positive 34 run differential on the year is pretty unique. Um, if you look at their X win loss, the, um, the, uh, the X win loss basically deals with win loss record based on how much you've scored and how much you've scored against. And so in terms of that, an accurate record of that should be the angels have a 29 and 21 record rather than 27 and 23. And then the Rangers have one extra win as well. The Mariners would have three extra wins actually, um, uh, Oakland is right on par with where they're at. And then Houston actually would have one less win uh, based on their run differential. So just a little uh, unique fact there um, in terms of how stats are playing out and how some games are getting blown out and some games are really tight ball. Um, we've seen uh, and the, the, we've seen the Astros play really good in tight games. And I think that's probably uh, what it means to go and you're having a, a minus one X win loss record. So, but Statcast or uh, sabermetrics and stuff and, and stats are all about baseball, but some purists out there just want to deal with the win loss. And I do agree that that does have something to do with it. For instance, when a game is getting out of hand, you're also going to score more runs potentially if a guy's not paying attention or they're putting in the lesser guys in their bullpen, you potentially have the, the likelihood of scoring more. And I agree with that to some level. Um, so it can't always be the, uh, the exact mold. But in terms of my power rankings, last week I had um, Astros, Angels, Texas, Mariners, A's, just like it's kind of been for that couple of weeks. We've kind of seen a little bit of a uh, with in regards to Astros jumping the Angels and then Texas jumping Mariners that happened a couple of weeks ago. And then we were kind of pushing in a way where we weren't sure if the Mariners were going to end up uh, going underneath the A's for the weekly power rankings. But I don't think we're going to see that. Actually, I know we're not going to see that because these are my power rankings. <laughs> so if you are following along here, um, this week I actually am going to do something that could be potentially controversial. Um, I am a Rangers fan, and I am trying to be not biased about this, but I'm actually going to swing here and say in the last seven days, these are weekly power rankings. So in the last seven days, there is not a club in this division that you do not want to play more than the Texas Rangers in every single offensive category, except for, I think walks, Texas has led the division over the last seven days and their pitching actually is coming around as well. Martin Perez has pitched phenomenally. Glenn Otto has pitched phenomenally. Uh, you're seeing guys fill in big roles. Taylor Hearn had an okay week, and, and you know like his starts can kind of get out of hand really quickly. Dane Dunning had a nice week. And so 
that bullpen it seems to be coming with some sort of an identity to the plate. Matt Bush is um, continuing to be that that cool story that he was from a couple of years ago. Um, and and Barlow's pitching nice in the ninth inning. So the the ain't the Texas Rangers actually are going to move into my top spot for the weekly power rankings. And I do want to give caveats there because it is a weekly power ranking, and likely they will not be there next week. But due to the fact that Texas played so good this week, and then the Astros did not play well, came you know they can't they lost a series against the M's. And then they only played five games. And then the Angels had an over six week. I've I I can't justify putting those two teams ahead of Texas in the weekly power ranking. So Texas deserves it this week. They are number one in in the AL West this week. Um, funny enough, it is the week that T is out, and it's just the Kendall show to talk about how good the Rangers did. Maybe he just wanted didn't want to hear me babble about the the Rangers, um, and he didn't. And so he couldn't uh, he couldn't come in. But right after that, I am going to have the Astro or the Angels. Uh, sorry, the Houston Astros right in at the two spot still. Um, they played three two balls, still winning record, still played fine. Lost a series to a divisional opponent, which I think is a big deal, um, especially when the M's are actually climbing the power rankings this week. They are going to be in the three spot, but the Astros took, they lost a series from them, but they did take a game. So um, they, they, they were two, uh, they, let's see. Uh, they did beat the Houston Astros, um, but we saw them stumble. And actually currently they are losing to the A's. Um, and so that could bring them at a three and three week, which is exactly 500, but it's still strong enough to get to uh, that number two spot. And we are going to talk a little bit about some of the struggles of the Houston lineup here in a little bit. Um, but one of the things I wanted to point out in this section here is Jordan Alvarez has continued to rake and was coming in with a just incredible bat. Okay. Jose Altuve is behind him and the second best hitter this week. He comes in with a 130 WRC plus as the second best hitter on the team. That's only 30% above league average. And everyone else is below league average over the last seven days on that offense. Everyone else, including players that only play, you know, had a couple of at-bats this week or whatever. They just really, really struggled offensively this week. And so when you have Jordan Alvarez and and Altuve playing above league average, they are above league average players. And that is true. But when you have just two guys on a team that are playing well and everybody else is really struggling on the week, that's going to give you a negative uh, differential in terms of where you're going to put on my power rankings. So that's where they're going to end up in the two spot. When, when the rest of that team is below league average and the WRC plus, uh, I'm, I'm just going to have to give it to them. Plus, there's some pitching issues that we're going to talk about a little bit later that T actually brings up. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. I actually have the Mariners number three here, and, and not because I thought they played phenomenally. I think J-Rod is coming out of his shell, out of his skin. He is playing like the guy that we thought he was 
talking preseason and all of his um all of his accolades in terms of his minor league promise and and what that's looked like we have seen j-rod become the player that we think he's going to be and luckily for the for the mariners we've talked about kellenic's um kellenic's struggles we've talked about kyle lewis's struggles um evan white has been injured so like the young core of that team needs some some injection and and that's what j-rod has brought to the team and I and they are still not healthy yet, but they are playing better ball. Uh, I've watched them in some close games this week play really well. Um, we're seeing Winker uh, do a little bit better. Suarez doing a little bit better. Those two were big additions in the offseason from the Reds. Um, we've seen Ty France have an incredible week. He did not win our uh, MVP, a little foreshadowing. Ty France did not win our um our MVP of the week because it came down to plate appearances. He only had 17 plate appearances, but he had a 289 WRC plus. Like he was absolutely killing the ball. And um, the only reason that he went under the MVP of the week, uh, according to T was uh, came down to plate appearances. JP Crawford has also played amazing. We cannot, uh, we cannot shill him enough right now. Like JP Crawford is playing very, very well as well. The only reason that he did not catch the MVP of the week was also down to two, uh, to plate appearances. He had a, he himself had a two fifty plus WRC plus. So when you're looking at guys like Ty France, J, uh, JP Crawford, um, J rod, there is guys on this team that are playing really well. And I like to see that going into, um, this May, June, July stretch, where once you get into the summer, you really are starting to determine what kind of ball club you are. And you have to position yourself in a way uh, where you need to be at least competitive in this part of the season. So it's not such a big hill that you need to climb up later in the season. And so they are near 500 ball. They're, they're five and a half games back of the wild card. I think they could easily make that up. And I actually think they could make up some of those 10 games as well. I think this ends up being a really tight division in the future. Um, and with Texas playing the way they are, I, I thought they were going to be a, like a, a distant fourth in this division. I think this is going to be a really close battle for, for second and third in this division. Um, and I'm not sure who ends up being second, third or fourth right now. It looks like Houston's going to take that top spot, but we'll see. Um, the angels are fourth on my list. I wanted to put them all the way at the bottom from an O and six week, but I just can't shade them that much going from second or potentially first to last in a matter of, of, of weeks. Um, Oh, and six on the week was really bad. Max Stassi, I, I brought him up last week or two weeks ago, and I said Max Stassi just coming off the um, injured list, and he was going to be a big addition to the club, and he was this week. He played really well. It's probably the best offensive performance we saw this week from an Angels player. Um, and interesting enough, I know we talk about him every week, and it's hard not to even just bring him up, and I'm sure you're tired of hearing it, but Trout is having another Trout season. And when you look at uh, we talked about in the JB chat this week how Byron Buxton is slumping and everybody thought he had the potential to be a top five player. And then you look at Trout's career and outside of injuries, he doesn't slump. The guy is just always consistently good. And I think um, him with, with Shohei being who he is and Max Stassi coming on, Brandon Marsh and, and, and all that team coming together and 
you do have Joe Adele in the wings who actually has the same amount of fantasy points as Joey Gallo at this part of the season. I think that says way more about Joey Gallo than it does about Joe Adele, but um, we want to be able to be in a spot later in the year where the angels are really counting on all players, not just trout and, and, and Otani plus, I really think they need some additions in their pitching. They really need to bring it together. Um, we're seeing some struggles out there, and uh, I think they make some additions in the offseason or in the in the uh, trade deadline to really bring in some uh, some some pitching help to help Syndergaard out there. Um, he's got some arms. Like him and Otani can can do really well in a series. Um, but I think they're going to need one or two more arms, uh, potentially. And I think Martin Perez could be a good option there. I'm just going to leave that out there. I'm not going to say that that's where he's going to go, but I think I'd, if you're going to look in your own division, you might as well get a guy who's number one in baseball in ERA right now and killing it in terms of fly ball, uh, or fly ball ratio and ground ball ratio. The guy gets double plays like nobody's business. He's super efficient. I think that could be a really good addition potentially in LA if the Rangers are willing to send him off uh, to an, uh, to a uh, division rival. But more importantly, I think that the thing of LA wanting to send a prospect to a division rival would be something that I think they might look at other options first. Um, so we also saw that the, or so that puts the A's at the back end of the line. Obviously the A's were pretty bad. They played bad against Texas. Texas almost swept them in a four game series, which I think is even more impressive and actually came down to a Jed Lowry walk-off to not get swept in four games. And that, that game was tough. They played that game really well. And I, I was talking about the Oakland A's to my dad after that series win and, or after, you know, after the, uh, after the uh, Rangers won the series. And I said, you know, Oakland is really bad, but what's kind of fun to watch about them is they've got a lot of speed. So if they do get on the base paths, you have Loriano Pache, um, you've got uh, Tony Kemp, they just fly around the bases. And I think that's really intimidating as a player that you're coming into potentially. And I think maybe we're seeing that with, with this Houston series right now where Oakland has nothing to lose. They get on base and they run like crazy. So because they have nothing to lose, if they do get on, they're just going to play their game, which their game is speed. And I think that can be really intimidating to pitchers. So don't be afraid. Don't be surprised if later in this year we see Oakland take some big wins from big clubs due to their speed being a real X factor in what they're what they're providing. And so if you are going to say there's one thing that is, that is good about the Oakland A's is they're fun to watch necessarily in terms of their base running abilities. And uh, I know that that you've got to like really dig deep if that is what you're you're uh, hanging your hat on here, but it is something. So, um, okay, so let's go into the MVPs and LVPs of the week. Then I'll talk about a card buy for the week, and uh, and we can kind of leave it at that. So T gave us some good research here with the MVPs and LVPs of the week. And so we'll start with his MVP is a guy that I wanted to talk about earlier, but I didn't just due to the fact that I knew we we're going to talk to about him earlier. 
Cole Calhoun is his MVP of the week, which I totally and completely agree with. Cole Calhoun needs some respect on his name. He has been tearing up this division in a lot of different or in two different uniforms at this point. And, um, and, and he deserves some respect. He's playing like a guy who's a, a, a veteran leading a, a young ball club, and he's really stepping up and playing great offensive ball. He's hitting 440, uh, 481, 630 slash, 241 WRC plus. And I, like I said earlier, Ty France is better than that on the weekend WRC plus, and so is J.P. Crawford. But they only had 17 plate appearances to Calhoun's 27 plate appearances. The guy is crushing the ball right now. You're seeing him hit big home runs. You're seeing him hit. And not even this week. I would say the month of May, we've got two players in the Rangers system. You've got Martin Perez and you've got Cole Calhoun that can fight for players of the month in the AL. And I think that's something that's extremely strange from, from a team that is just middle of the road. So Cole Calhoun deserves our props this week. I'm glad that T decided to do that um, and, and gave me something for him for me to talk about. He also wanted to say that Nate Lowe and Jordan, uh, Nate Lowe, Jordan, and Max Stassi also were in contention for MVP of the week. Um, we kind of mentioned some of them. We didn't mention Nate Lowe um, because there's so many other Rangers I, that I could talk about at this point, but. They all had great weeks. MVP of the week goes to Cole. Cole, we know you're watching. Keep doing great. Lead this team um, and potentially get a uh, wild card spot. That would be kind of crazy. So I think that's the peak of the Rangers this year is squeaking into that third, the, to that third wild card spot. So I'm going to enjoy this week while it's here. Our pitching MVP of the week actually also comes from the Texas Rangers. So obviously me and T were seeing the same things. I put them at a number one in our, in our power rankings and T has both the MVPs pitching and hitting coming from the Rangers club. We have Glenn Otto coming in as his MVP of the week in terms of his pitching. He had two starts this week that were against big clubs, LA angels and Tampa Bay Rays. And he threw really well. in both of them had just under a, uh, or just even at a strikeout an inning, which is pretty good. Glenn Otto is like kind of Jekyll or Hyde when it comes to it, it, he's either really on or really off. And I think that's due to him trying to find command of his, of his large spin rates. Uh, I do think we see Glenn Otto become a really, really nice player in the MLB. Um, and he also is in that Joey Gallo trade from, from the, from the, uh, from, from the Yankees to we saw them get an absolute haul that at the time I was really upset with, but now I'm seeing Glenn Otto, uh, Josh Smith. We are seeing um, just some incredible things from Ezekiel Duran. That trade is going to look even worse and worse and worse for the Yankees for a long time. So um, congratulations, Glenn Otto. I think Martin Perez could have been there, uh, but I'm glad either way. Uh, I think Glenn is somebody that needs some or deserves some respect, especially pitching against some big lineups with the LA Angels and the Tampa Bay Rays. In terms of our LVPs of the week, in spite of having a walk-off against the Rangers to not have a sweep, Jed Lowry is, is uh, T's uh, LVP of the week. Jed, we're sorry. We know you listen. We know you're a dedicated fan. 
but you got a 27.3 K percent, a 143, 182, 140 or 143 um, slash line. Yeah. Negative three WRC plus. That means you are 103% lower than league average right now. Like you just had a really, really, really tough week this week. And although the, the walk-off was nice, I'm sure for your demeanor and for your, uh, for your moxie, you really need to work on it, bud. Uh, I'm really, you're, we're struggling to see you with your double flap college, um, college, uh, helmet, keep running, keep, keep coming back around. We don't want you to do this two two weeks in a row. Jed, we hope this is the last time we see you on this power ranking and hopefully you can give it to some younger guys who are just coming up, but veterans in the LVP is not a good thing. Speaking of veterans in the LVP, we have one that is a very big shocker and leads us to some question marks. Our pitching LVP of the week is Verlander, according to T. Wright. He had two starts. Um, both of them were pretty terrible. Um, he had a uh, about 300 bat- batting average against balls in play against both of them. Um, he has six innings pitched in his in his start against Seattle. He had six innings pitched, 30 bags given up, 10 hits, six runs, all earned runs, four of those being home runs and six Ks. And it leads me and T to wonder, is there something about these last two starts that Verlander's not telling us? Is there something? Is he hurt? Is there is he losing gas? Is he, you know, trying to find some of, of his arm again? I know I, I read an or I um listened to an interview of him mid game a couple of weeks ago where he was talking about how it's like his arm is kind of, it's like finding a new arm again. It's pitching in a new arm. And I hope that new arm is not giving him issues. And that's where we're seeing some stuff from Verlander. I haven't looked at uh, velocity drop. I wonder if that's part of it, but you know, you just wonder later in his career, he's got two bad starts in a row, not necessarily against great pitching or hitting. Um, you just wonder, is this it? And I, and I don't think it is. I don't think it is, but you do get there mentally um, when you start seeing stuff like this. So um, Jared, we know you're watching uh, shout out to, to you and the fam. Hope you're doing well, but we need you to step it up. Verlander. Uh, I literally do not want to hear your brother talk about it one more time. So all that to say, our buy of the week in terms of a card is a guy that I've brought up before. I think he is not a guy who's going to have a large ceiling. I think he's going to have a high floor though. I could see him being like an, a, a, a B ver, um, a B grade version of Ian Kinsler. Uh, but maybe just maybe a little more uh, defensive versatility. But I see Josh Smith having a great week so far. He's he's hit really well. Um, he's had really competitive at bats. Um, he's playing in the field really well, and it's a guy that deserved a call up. So Josh Smith, another guy in that Gallo trade, we love him. Uh, he came up for Brad Brad Killer Miller going on the IL. But I think Josh Smith is here to stay. I would say that he fights more for that role with Andy Abanez more than he does with Brad Miller. Um, and I see Josh Smith's cards getting more and more valuable as he gets more and more recognition on the week. Okay, guys, that's the AL West. Oh, sorry, I went a little bit long on this one, but I wanted to be able to give you all the information and having uh, just me bring you the information um, will only be 
this week. We'll have T back next week, and we'll see you soon.